This episode of Inquisitive is brought to you by Lynda.com, Ting, and Squarespace. My name is Casey Liss, and today my favorite album is Armistice Live by the band Mute Math. Back and forth the same, be careful how you frame your arguments, your arguments. I'm taking great joy in as this series has gone on and having people on that I know listen to and enjoy the series like yourself which which is uh, mm-hmm. very kind that you told me that you enjoy it um, and I'm going to put words in your mouth no it's very true I, I like hearing people the way that they start it. like when, when we began it was like you know my name is such and such and this is my favourite album but you were like my name is Casey Liss and today my favourite album is <laughs> yep that's right you know when the series started with that really awesome episode with our mutual friend, Faith Corpy, um, immediately, of course, I thought to myself, both in the conceited and not conceited way, you know, if Mike were to ask me, what would I pick? And I landed on three different choices, and none of them were this one. I wanted to at least mention the other three uh, very, very briefly. Um, the first one I came to was a, an album from the early 2000s called Furious Angels by Rob Dugan. You would know this album be, and, and this artist because he had the more popular songs on the Matrix soundtrack, the original Matrix soundtrack. Um, I like that one you might consider I know the band is too. You know how you think of how maybe familiar I am with the Matrix soundtrack. You've heard the soundtrack. You would recognize his songs if you heard them anyway. I think I've seen The Matrix once. Oh, God, Michael. We're already off to a bad start. Listen to this. But um, uh, Rob Dugan's Furious Angels is one of my favorites. I still listen to that album a lot, and it definitely got me through college. Um, The next one was actually, and I'll plug um, a different podcast. Um, I recorded an episode of Unjustly Maligned, and I did that about the Dave Matthews Band album Before These Crowded Streets, which was another obvious answer. I I used to believe that Dave Matthews Band was my favorite uh, uh, artist. I really loved that album Before These Crowded Streets. If you'd like to hear me talk about that and try to defend Dave Matthews Band's honor, um, you can feel free to tune into that. I'm sure Mike will have a link in the show notes. And um, actually, there's two others very quickly. Uh, Elton John, if you're a Brit, 171170. If you're an American, 111770. It's a live album, um, which as is the Mute Math album we're about to talk about. Um, it's just three guys, and it is phenomenal. And then finally, uh, Seal, the artist Seal, and everyone can stop rolling their eyes and laughing now. The artist Seal um, had two different acoustic albums that I had placed on one CD way, way, way back in the day. So I think of them as one album. Uh, One of them was him and a few other guys doing an acoustic set from like 93. The other is MTV Unplugged. Both of them are phenomenal. All of these albums have taken me through various stages of my life. But when I was thinking about what album should I pick for today, what is my favorite album today? And it's Mute Math's Armistice Live. All right. So I have a couple of questions um, just about the album. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know that you mentioned Dave Matthews' band, but like, I know how big Dave Matthews is is to you like why Mm. did you not choose one of those albums for this today a couple of reasons um i don't actually listen to dave matthews band that often anymore anytime it comes on or i turn it on i enjoy it every single time and it does take me back to a different time in my life 
And when they tour, which is almost every year, and when we they come close to us, which is almost every year, we try to go. Uh, my wife and I try to go. But that being said, I feel like Dave Matthews Band doesn't necessarily represent today. And they will always have a special place in my heart. I mean, I haven't, I've been to something like 25 or 30 Dave Matthews concerts over my lifetime from 97 through last year, if memory serves. Um, I do that because I love them. And I still go to those concerts because I love them, but they don't really get played day to day like they used to. And on top of that, if I were to choose only one Dave Matthews album, it would be Before These Crowded Streets, which I've already covered with Anthony Johnston. So, I feel like it would be doing you and your listeners a disservice to choose that again. And I'm not sure that I would have anyway, but even if we go on the assumption that I would have chosen Dave Matthews and thus I would have chosen before these crowded streets, I, I don't think that's the appropriate choice for today. And like I said at the at the top of the show, it's not my favorite album today. Okay. So this th- th- this album that I have watched, so this is another first for the show, is you made me watch a video. You, <laughs> you strongly requested that I watch With a video version of a live performance, uh, Armistice Live. Now, I'm assuming that what I have watched is the live performance of an, a studio album? That is mostly true. So there is a studio album called Armistice and the majority of what you watched is that album. With a couple of fan favorites as well. Correct. Yep, that's exactly right. Okay. Now, why have you chosen the live album? It's an excellent question. So I already alluded to the fact that I like going to concerts and I do. I love going to concerts. I don't go that terribly often, maybe three or four times a year to various different artists. But I love doing it. I love, love, love doing it. And I've seen Mute Math a handful of times. I've seen them headline small venues. I've seen them headline larger venues. I've seen them open at large venues. And every single time, I am blown away by how unbelievably energetic and amazing they are live. And I think part of it is that I admire how unbelievably good and versatile they are as musicians. And we'll talk about this more later, I'm sure. But during almost every Mute Math concert, you will find pretty much every member of the band, of which there are four of them, play pretty much everyone's instrument at some point or another. They're not the only people that do this. This isn't unique. But amongst the bands that I tend to listen to, it is unique, and I just find it mind-blowing. Why did I watch a video, though? as opposed to listen to it because i also like a thing that uh, i've seen you a few times like you you tweet pictures of you and aaron watching live shows like just you know h- hanging out like what why do you do this um you mean at home or, or at at a concert at home oh so there was a long stretch of time when aaron and i were uh, not parents, and when we were younger and could handle staying up past 10 o'clock at night, that we would oftentimes just end up putting on some sort of concert DVD or, or Blu-ray or what have you and pour ourselves an adult beverage or more than one adult beverage and just listen to music and just enjoy being with each other and listening to music. And I, I keep coming back to, to me, the, the experience of seeing an artist live it's just one of my favorite things in the world. And to more directly answer your question is why of why did I make you watch this rather than listen? It's because I was hoping, and we'll find out, that you would get at least some part of the energy of the band, the energy that Mute Math gives off by watching it rather than listening it, to it. You can certainly hear it, or at least I can. 
but to see it just adds that little extra. And there's so many nuanced things that are happening, some of which we'll talk about, I'm sure, that you wouldn't get if you just listened to it. As a perfect example, when they're walking on stage, and I, I ripped my uh, DVD copy of it, and so the timestamp may be off if you, have, uh, if you have downloaded it from iTunes, for example, but at about 45 seconds in, their drummer, uh, Darren King, he walks on stage, walks behind his drum kit, and it's very hard to see, but if you look closely, he takes a roll of duct tape, or really it's some sort of like almost electrical tape, I think you would call it gaffer tape, but anyway, he takes some sort of tape. He puts on headphones and he tapes the headphones to his head. He literally takes the tape from the top of his head down beneath his chin and back around. And that's because he gets so into drumming that the headphones would fall off otherwise. And that's not something you're going to see, obviously, if you're just listening to the album. Is that the reason that he does it? To the best of my knowledge, yeah. I mean, I can't say I've asked the guy, but... Because my, my interpretation of it when I saw it was that he wants complete sound isolation. Uh, it very well could be, but that is not the impression I got. But okay. you, you very well could be right. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, you know, lots of drummers go crazy, but I guess different... Cause, but some drummers, as later on in the performance... What was the, what was the drummer's name? Darren King. He takes the headphones off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and plays without. And this is during a very uh, drum-heavy song, but we'll get onto that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, let me take our first break here, and then we'll jump straight back into it. This episode is brought to you by lynda.com, the online learning platform of over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, visit lynda.com slash inquisitive. That's L-Y-N-D-A dot com slash inquisitive. lynda.com is for problem solvers, for curious people, for those who want to make things happen. Maybe you're looking to master Excel, learn low localization to, for development for your iPhone app that maybe you're building. And if you want to build an iPhone app from scratch, maybe you want to learn Swift or Xcode or just iOS app development essential training. Lynda.com has it all. Photoshop. Maybe you're looking to learn Java. Maybe you're looking to understand fully how IFTTT works. Lynda.com is there to feed your curious mind and they feed it with videos that are all created by top experts in each individual field who are super passionate about teaching. You can stream thousands of video courses on demand allowing you to learn at your own schedule and at your own pace. You can even watch and download courses to your Android or iOS device to learn on the go. They have great transcripts for you to follow along or you can just click a certain part of the transcript and jump straight to that time in the video. You can also create and save your own playlists to share with other people and to customize your own learning path. Your Lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or you just want to learn something new, I would love it if you would visit lynda.com slash inquisitive. That's lynda.com slash inquisitive and sign up for your free 10-day trial. Thank you so much to Lynda.com for their support of this show. Do uh, Mute Math here play the songs like how they appear on the album, or do they kind of mess with the arrangements at all? Um, I would say closer to the former than the latter. It is closer to them playing as they appear on the album than not, but there's certainly some flair to them. Naturally. And there are a couple of songs. In fact, the songs that I tend to like the most that have these very extended outros that... I really, really love where to me anyway, it sounds more improvisational than not. And 
if you think about you know a couple of the bands that I've really loved over the years, most especially the Dave Matthews Band, whether or not you would classify them as a jam band, I would hope that anyone can agree that they're very improvisational when when seen live. And that those tend to be the parts of this concert and of any concert, really, that I enjoy the most. How did you first come into contact with this album? Was it through a live show uh, from having seen them on a, a previous tour or something? Or did you come across this music for the first time in the studio album form? I came across it in the studio album form many, many years ago. Um, there were two or three instances when I was in high school where my dear friend Tim would play some music for me and say, Casey, 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 you're really going to like this music. And he would play something for me. And every single time I was like, eh, it's all right. And then the two or three times at least that I'm thinking of, I ended up coming back to those artists later and just completely falling in love with them. One of them is uh, Vertical Horizon, which you would know from the song Everything You Want. Um, I don't know if they ever really got popular in Europe, but they were very popular, at least that song anyway, was very popular popular in the United States. Um, I love Vertical Horizon, although they're not really the band they once were today. There's been a lot of lineup changes, etc. Um, Tim did that with Vertical Horizon, and then he also did with Mute Math, and they had an EP, I believe called the Reset EP, um, that was from the early to mid-2000s. It looks like 2004. And he played it for me, and I thought, wow, this is good, and then I just kind of forgot about it. And for whatever reason, just a couple of years ago, right around the time Armistice came out, so this is 2009, so it's more than a couple of years ago now, um, I had fallen back into Mute Math and thought, well, let me see what else they've put out over the last several years. And I listened to Armistice Live, and the third song on the album, Clipping, really got to me and we can talk about more more about why in a moment but that really got to me and then i saw oh there you know i saw that or i listened to it on armistice and then i saw oh, there's a live version and i tend to love concerts so let me go ahead and let me listen to the live version and i watched this live version and it was phenomenal and so it was at that point that i realized you know maybe this is the band for me maybe this is something i should really pay attention to so do you listen to the live album over the studio album? Yes, because okay. I think it's better, more energetic, more real. I, I I can't speak for them, but it just seems more a real representation. It's less produced is perhaps a better way of looking at it. So I enjoy live recordings of some of my favorite albums, um, some of my favorite bands. But my feeling about live music is is ever so slightly different. The, the, mm -hmm. the live music is about the performance of the songs, the songs you already know. Mm -hmm. um, and the, al the studio albums are the tales that they're telling, the stories that they're telling. That's where the feeling and the emotion is. And the mm -hmm. emotion mm -hmm. that comes from live stuff is a different kind of emotion. Um, but it's not it's not focused on what the songs are about so much. Sure. So how does this album make you feel? Yeah, it it makes me feel it always makes me feel happy and a little bit excited because there's so much energy. Um, you and I have discussed privately many times in the past that where I think it's fair for me to put the words in your mouth that you deeply care about lyrics and tend to focus on lyrics more than than the music. And you've talked about that on this very uh, show. Mm -hmm. I tend to gravitate more towards music and more specifically in talking with my friend Marco Armand, who was on the show and talked about fish. 
I tend to, to gravitate towards really, really, really good rhythm sections. So really good bassists and really good drummers. I consider Mute Math to have a truly phenomenal rhythm section. Um, Roy Cardenas, I believe is how you pronounce it. I think that's his last name. I hope I have that right. Um, or Roy Mitchell Cardenas, I should say. He is their bass player and also their guitarist and occasionally their drummer. Um, he is phenomenal on bass. And Darren King does so much and has so much energy and, and makes so many noises with what is, especially compared to Dave Matthews Band's drummer, Carter Beaufort, Darren's drum set is like five drums, maybe, maybe less than that. Whereas Carter's is like 40. And he makes just as much noise from these five or so drums as Carter does with all of his. And, and I just love listening to that. And it just makes me so happy. All that being said, for this episode, I tried to look up the lyrics and pay a lot more attention to the lyrics. And honest to God, unbeknownst to me, this is actually a fairly dark album. <laughs> like, I really had no idea how not happy a lot of these songs are. At least that's the impression I got when I started looking at the lyrics. Right, so that that for me is like is is exactly what I'm talking about, about the way that a live album is different to a studio album. Because mm -hmm. the studio album is about the energy of the performance and less about the meaning of the song. Like, that's how I take sure. it away from it anyway. Like, I know that obviously different people come to these things differently, but that doesn't surprise me because I didn't pick up on a lyric. Interesting. Like, I, I got the some of the bridges um, and some of the hooks, but I, none of the lyrics really came through to me because it, that's not what the focus was on. Mm -hmm. Does that make it harder for you to listen to then, especially as a first exposure? Uh, No. No, I, I am a lyrics person, but it, the lyrics have to be very clear for me to get them on my first listen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, like they have, they, you know, and I tend to like hidden lyrics. So the stuff that I really love and like hidden meanings, so the stuff that I tend to really love doesn't come through on first listens too often anyway. But sure. there, there were a lot of great hooks in this album um, that I enjoyed because as a person who likes to to learn lyrics and to sing along... Um, I was finding myself being able to sing along to some songs before they were finished. Mm -hmm. Which hopefully is a good feeling. I love that. It's one of my, my, my favorite things because that's what I like to do. So if I can, the, by the, you know, by the end of the three minutes, if I'm already singing along, like that's, that's good. Like I like that. <laughs> you know, that makes me happy. I agree. Um, so you said that you were singing along to some of these songs and you said that you enjoyed that. We're probably 20-ish minutes in at this point, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. And I am trying so desperately not to ask you, did you or did you not enjoy the album? But uh -huh. at this point, at this point, I feel like it's appropriate to ask, did you enjoy the album? So it's difficult because the question isn't really the answer because I very much enjoyed the performance. That's but, a good start, but I hear a butt coming. But I don't really feel like I got the, the, the meat of the album. Mm -hmm. in in the way that I would consider it I enjoyed it a lot um I was good, uh, good. Th there was some some songs uh on on this album um like I mean we can run through them in a little bit more detail in a bit um but I really enjoyed uh control mm -hmm. that was my favorite song 
Mm-hmm. Um, that was definitely, you know, I really loved that one. It had a great rhythm to it. It, it had a, a, a good bridge uh, that I enjoyed a lot. Um, and the audience really seemed to agree with me on that song. Yep, yep. Was that from this album or is no. that a fan favorite? That's yeah, a fan figured, favorite. I figured. Because I also, through watching this performance, um, could see, well, the way that I interpreted interpreted it was that this was uh, a tour date very early after the uh, release of the album. I believe that's right. Yeah, I mean, because you can just tell uh, that the, the the crowd are not like crazy into what's going on, which tends to be the case when the, 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 uh, the album is new, right? Because the majority of people won't have been that familiar with it, so they haven't got their favorites. So what they're really looking for is their favorites which came from mm-hmm. previous albums absolutely you know or maybe you've got like a single or two that people sure. are very familiar with uh but that definitely came across to me that this was that this was an earlier performance of uh the new album do you know why they chose to record this particular performance you know i don't actually um i would guess that it was just kind of part of a promo for the album and i presume that it was just early on um, I don't know why they chose this particular one. Um, okay. This particular venue is in Atlanta. It's, I believe, the Tabernacle Ballroom, if I'm Are not mistaken. Are they an Atlanta band? No, they're from New Orleans. Interesting. Okay. Um, but they were in the Tabernacle. And the funny thing about this is, when I was in high school, um, there was a Dave Matthews album that it might be before these crowded streets come to think of it that had just come out. And I vividly remember being unbelievably amped up to watch an MTV broadcast of portions of a Dave Matthews band concert at the Tabernacle Ballroom in Atlanta, Georgia. Is it Georgia. A famous? I mean, I'd never heard of it. Uh, pff, I'd not heard of it outside of these two concerts. But one would assume that it's not a coincidence that both of these shows were at this ballroom. It looks to me like it's got some history to it. It looks to me like it's big, but not huge. Um, but I'm sure we'll hear from someone from Atlanta to correct us on this one. Let's start talking about the tracks themselves. Sure. Um, I want to just mention quickly that uh, when this opened up, um, it was very different to what I expected. What did you expect? Could, could you describe it? So what I expected, I knew it wasn't going to be, but I expected it anyway, which was like <laughs> Christian rock. And I don't know why I thought it was going to be like that. You do know. You just don't realize that you know. So very early on when these guys first were, um, I'll say came out, but like when they first started to catch attention, um, they were actually marketed as a Christian band. And that was in part because the lead singer, Paul Meany, and the drummer, Darren King, had played together in Earthsuit, I believe is the name of it, um, which was a band that was a, a uh, part, excuse the, the terrible play on words here, but it was a, um, it, it was a devout Christian band. And so I think their, the record label just thought, well, it's the same guys, we might as well just market them as a Christian band. And they actually sued, I believe, Warner Brothers because they did not want that association. They wanted just to be treated as a band. And that was the, the cause of a lot of strife. For, for, so for you to say you thought it might be a Christian band, in a way, you're kind of right. And all, all four of the, of the original members anyway, they've switched guitarists in the last few years. Um, all four of them, as far as I know, are Christians and, and relatively proud of it, but they don't want the band to be a Christian band. Yeah, see, they definitely... 
aren't the style that I expected. Like, you know, the, the Christian band stuff, I mean, there's, there is a lot of really great music there. Um, oh, yeah. But I was expecting, like, a kind of paint-by-numbers rock band. <laughs> uh, and they have very much more like an indie band than uh, than I expected, like indie rock. That's mm-hmm. how it sounds to me. Um, so instantly I was more intrigued than I had been pre- prior to that point. Um, just because, like, me and you don't really share the same taste in music. No, not generally. So I expected it to be painful (laughs) to not like it. Yeah, Um, and that's fair. And and that is not because you like bad music. Because I don't think you do. We just don't have the same style of music. Uh, Yeah, I completely understand. And especially the cover of this album did not help. Right. <laughs> Why is it's that? Just, it's just too cliche. Was the guy jumping with a guitar or something? Like it's it's the lead singer uh, Paul Meany jumping off of his keyboard with a keytar, a keyboard guitar. Yes. See, now I didn't um, notice that until later. Um, and that happens. Uh, shoot, which I, I believe that's in. That is during backfire. Uh, uh, is it? Maybe you're right. That's uh, when they first pull out the keytar. Anyway. Well, that because is when I they first pull out down. the guitar, right, okay. but he it comes out a couple of times. Oh, I believe it's typical, which is one of the other old, old, old favorite songs. Um, that is the eighth album, or excuse me, the eighth track on the album, or at least on the um, CD version anyway. And you'll probably recognize it if, if you listen to it or play a little uh, clip of it. But that one is definitely a crowd favorite that starts out... Um, you know, with a kind of clear and obvious uh, guitar riff. And so Paul is standing on the on his keyboard that he normally plays. And as as the as the rest of the band comes in, he jumps off and kind of does these the split in the air. And it is a little bit cliche and it is a little bit ridiculous. But that's the cover of the album. And it's something that he does pretty much every time they play this song. And so as someone who has seen the band a handful of times, some of this stuff has kind of an endearing quality to me because I remember the times I've seen that happen myself in person. Um, so it started off very differently to how I expected. And I liked that because it had more of a flavor that I would be accustomed to. I've mm-hmm. been trying, I've been racking my brain to think who they remind me of. And I think the closest I can get to is a less preachy Coldplay. Interesting. I like Coldplay a lot. I'm actually a big Coldplay fan. And when I say preachy, it's just some of their stuff can be a bit just Heavy. too... Like, trying to give too many messages. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, maybe Mute Math are like that. Uh, but when Coldplay play live, they they go very heavy on this. And I have played seen them play live, and it was one of the best concert experiences I've ever been to. So it's mm-hmm. not. I'm, it sounds like I'm trying. I'm criticizing, but but I'm not. Sure, I'm not a big fan. Um, and I just think like the way that they seem to be on stage, the energy that they have, uh, their musicianship. I think maybe the closest I can I can get to in my brain right now is 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 a band more like Coldplay. I can get behind that. Um, 
Okay, so let me just take a quick break here, then I want to tell you about some of my favorite things from this album, actually. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Ting. Ting is a mobile phone service that is here to save you money. I am being very serious about this. Ting is a carrier that's primary goal is to help you save on what you're paying for cell service. Ting believes that you should be paying a fair price for the service that you actually use, which is why with Ting, you only pay for exactly that. Just go to inquisitive.ting. Dot com and see how much you could be saving with Ting. And you'll also get $25 off your first device or credit for Ting service. Ting is a US mobile carrier on two nationwide networks, both CDMA and GSM. There are no contracts, no overage fees, and no need for those not actually really limited unlimited plans. You don't need to worry about any of that with Ting. Ting is the first provider also to allow you to have multiple devices on different network types all under the same account. 80% of the phones made in the last two years can actually be brought over to Ting. So there's a strong chance if you're listening to this show, you're going to have a phone that will work, no problem. And Ting have a tool on their site as well to let you check, just to make sure. Ting is helping people save money on their phone contracts. An average bill on Ting is just $23 a month. All you do is pay for what you use. If you use less, you pay less. If you use more, you pay more. It is as simple as that. And you can easily keep track of what you're using with Ting's online account control panel. If right now you're stuck in a contract with someone, Ting will give you 25% off your termination fee in Ting credit if you switch over. And that will be up to $75 per device. With Ting, it's all about simplicity. You just pay $6 per device per month for access to the network, and then you just pay for what's used. It's great for families, as you can pool all the usage into one account for multiple devices. And if you don't believe that you'll really be saving money, just head over to Ting's website where you'll find a calculator tool to show you just how much money you're currently wasting. To get started, head on over to inquisitive.ting.com where you can double check that you're able to switch your device, or take a look at the phones that Ting offers in their store if you're looking to upgrade. Once you've decided, Ting will help walk you through getting set up, including switching over your existing number if you want to do that. Once you're all set, you just start using your device. Ting will break down your usage by minutes, messages, and megabytes and keep you updated through their easy-to-use dashboard. Then at the end of the month, you get a clear bill based just on your usage. Easy peasy. As a special offer for listeners of this show, you'll get $25 off select devices or $25 of Ting credit by signing up at inquisitive.ting.com. So go today and see how much money you could be saving with Ting. Thank you so much to Ting for supporting this show and Relay FM. I'm just going to mention uh, a couple of notes that I had for the track Backfire because that was where I kind of... Uh, how many tracks in is that? That is the second track. Right. Because the first track was very much just like an introduction, but the second track is where I kind of started to note uh, the most things about the band. So, mm-hmm. um, the, the I, I noted that the lead singer did, but obviously, as you point out, everybody does plays multiple instruments um, throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, even at one point um, during the song clipping, um, mm-hmm. they are playing a full-on bass. Not a bass guitar. Yep, and we'll have to come back to clipping because that's one of my favorites on the album. Okay. But we'll get there. So that was interesting to see in a band like this on stage. Um, and then a guitar, like who plays a guitar? Like, <laughs> awesome people play a guitar. Like, I mean, a guitar is, is a fantastic thing, but nobody plays that instrument. Right. And um, you really need to have some confidence in order to pull that off. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not the 80s. Like, it's, you know, <laughs> but I love, I mean, I love that it's there, right? Because that is, that is an interesting, a very, very interesting thing. Um, 
And I mean, I kind of knew this before from remembering things that you told me about this band, but their drummer is 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 incredibly competent at what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I did have a little bit of a juxtaposition with him, which uh, was annoying to me. So you may have heard me mention um, in my version of this show where I spoke about one of my favorite drummers, Matt Helders of the Arctic Monkeys, and I mm-hmm. and I noted his. Uh, specific clothing that he will wear. Like he wears very unfashionable but comfortable <laughs> clothing that he can move around very easily in sure. because of his devotion to drumming. Sure. And I question if drumming with a blazer is really <laughs> is really worth it. Um, yeah. So I, I found that very strange. That he, like a shirt, I get, but he had a blazer on for like the, uh, like the, maybe the first third of the performance. Yeah. And it just really went against the fact that the guy is duct taping headphones to his head. <laughs> because the reason he doesn't want the headphones to fall off is because it allows him to, to hear the instruments better so he can play better, right? That's, yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. musicians do that. And it's especially why drummers do it because they've got to keep time. Um, so it, it was just a really weird mix to me uh but he it, there was he's very good at what he does and i think oh, yeah. the song burden mm-hmm. uh showed showed it the most like they they cut to him at one point and there is just sweat running from his head and like dripping onto the floor mm-hmm. um and that's the one that i noted that had like the biggest drum solos control had some some big ones as well but um so that that's kind of like my initial thoughts uh and feelings and oh i'm I'm just going to go through all of this and then you can run through your favorites yeah let me just really quickly interrupt you though with regard to burden mm. uh i had written in my own notes you know there's a solid guitar riff there's a really great outro jam first sub bullet darren is all over <laughs> because that, i feel like just yeah. like you said in burden he was just all over the place it's crazy. Like it, yeah he, it's, he, it's he's amazing. really 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 incredible stuff Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that my my, my uh, I also liked the song "Typical," and that's like I said, the one that's probably the most of all of the yeah. crowd favorites, and um, that's the one where I believe the cover of the album came from. And then I found Burden very, very uh, interesting uh, because they, um, I keep, I don't, I'm not going to remember the names. The, the lead, fine. the lead singer mm-hmm. was operating um, voice and vocal synthesizers and loops um, on stage live, which is very impressive uh, mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. able to do that just as part of the overall act. Uh, and I and I like that kind of stuff. So I've saw I've seen a couple of bands do that in at a festival I went to in Paris last year, um, called Pitchfork, and it was like a indie yeah, festival. I've heard of this. And there's a guy called James Blake, um, and James Blake. It's just him, but what he does when he's on stage is he records. So he like he'll start a song and just sing each part, and then loops them together and creates all of the instruments, all of mm-hmm. the backing vocals and all of his own vocals. And it creates an incredibly beautiful sound. Uh, Cause he like, he builds a wall, builds up 
like this wall of sound, which then becomes the rest of the song. Um, mm-hmm. And you, you get to see the process, which is which is very, very yeah, impressive. Yeah. Uh, but they were doing a lot of that. And then right at the very end, uh, they see he playing like a guitar theremin. Okay, so you're that's not Burden. You're you're on a different song. Yeah, the, the, this, no, this is a different one. The song at the okay. very end. Yes. Okay. So that one is the other one, other than clipping, which is my absolute favorite. And I really want to get to whether or not you liked uh, this particular song, which is called "Break the Same." But you are absolutely right that um, at the end of I think it's actually at the end of the song prior reset that leads into "Break the Same" without any sort of gap that he is playing a, a guitar theremin. You are absolutely right. And at some point, he actually comes into the crowd with the guitar theremin yep. and kind of lets the crowd play this theremin. And that's a, that's a perfect example of why I wanted you to watch this. Because if you had just listened to it, you wouldn't have gotten any of that. You may or may not like it. You may or may not find that impressive. But it's something you can only get by watching it. No, I don't think you can listen to a live album of a band um, for the first time and really kind of get the album. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, you can do it the way that I've done it today, which is which is good because you get to see everything that surrounds it. Or you can already know the music um, and then, then it can work for you. Um yeah, and the reason I knew it was a theremin is because no Beach Boys fan worth his salt you know, <laughs> would not know a theremin when he saw it and heard it. Sure. All right, I've monopolized. Uh, oh no, that's your fine. I, I found this fascinating. But so I want I want to hear from you. I want to hear what your favorite tracks are. So my two favorites are absolutely um, clipping, which is the third track, and um, clipping starts off with this just unbelievably cool. Baseline. It's like this wom 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 wom. I, I'm, that's a terrible rendition, but it's this just unbelievably cool baseline that, if I'm not mistaken, is actually being played on some sort of MIDI keyboard. It's not even on a regular bass. And the moment I heard that bass line, the very first time I heard this album, I was hooked. I don't know what it is about it. I just think it's the coolest, most interesting, even though it's so simple, it's just it just grabbed me instantly. And another thing I love about clipping, and you had noted this earlier, by the end of the song, the bassist, Roy, has moved on from playing this really interesting and weird, like heavy synth bass riff, and is now playing a very, very melodic uh, um, a very, very melodic like um, melody, rhythm on an upright bass, like an honest-to-goodness full orchestral upright bass. Or is he playing... A, I think he's playing a cello, not a oh, bass. That, oh, yeah, you, you're very, you very well could be right. I'm the world's worst musician. Well, because he's I, playing with a bow. Now, a bass, you play with your hands. Ah, uh, good point, good point. Whatever it is, he's standing, <laughs> whatever the instrument is. It looks like something that belongs in an orchestra. He's standing, and he's to your point, he's playing it with a bow. And... I just think the whole song is just so beautiful. I love the bass riff. I love the drums. I love the uh, piano riff and the the chorus. Um, it's slightly depressing, but you know, um, how does it go? I, I don't know who to fight anymore. I don't know what is right anymore. Like even before I paid any attention to the lyrics, that I heard and that always grabbed me because you know, no matter who you are, there's always a moment when you feel kind of out of control, and that 
speaks to me like it probably would anyone you know i don't know what is what is right anymore or excuse me i don't know how to fight anymore i don't know what is right anymore and you can apply that to just about any darn situation in the world i have always loved this song and it is one of my favorites of theirs i like pretty much everything on this album um one of the reasons i chose this album and not some of the others is pretty much every other album i mentioned at the top of the show there are one or two songs that I will always, always, always just skip right through because they're okay or they're good. But this album, the only one I would consider skipping is You Are Mine, which is a very, very slow, very calm song, which to me is not really what I'm looking for when I'm listening to Mute Math. I'm looking to get excited and amped up. Um, You Are Mine is very, very good, but it's not usually what I want to listen to. And the lyrics of You Are Mine I thought were very interesting as well. Um, they hold their prized possession that defines the meaning of their lives. And that's just kind of a general statement about how somebody might feel. And then the next line is, you are mine. Which to me, as someone who doesn't appreciate lyrics the same way you do, is kind of one of those examples of a sort of hidden turn of phrase. You know, you're, they hold their prized possession, two lines later, you are mine. And I don't know, I just, I thought it was interesting. There's always one addiction that just can't be controlled and you are mine. I just thought it was a very interesting set of lyrics. Um, but to cut to the chase, you know, typical is great. Um, a spotlight is gr- another great one, but the reset break the same medley at the very, very end reset being instrumental. That's where the theremin comes out. Um, and then it goes into break the same where all hell breaks loose as pardon the pun. I just thought that was phenomenal. And I wonder, um, Mike, if you noticed that, Darren took a page out of Mute Math's playbook for, I believe, Reset. Oh, excuse me, took a page out of Mute Math's playbook. Uh, Darren took a page out of the Blue Man Group's playbook at the very, very beginning of Reset. And if you look closely, you don't see him do it, but you see the, the aftermath. He has poured water onto his drums. And if you look closely as he's playing, you can see this water just sh- just sprinkling up it right in his face. And it's so cool. It's about 57 minutes in on my copy of it. Uh, it's at the very beginning of reset and it's just who does that other than the blue man group who did it with paint but he has poured water onto his drum set this is how he makes his living literally and he is now playing drums with water you know splatting all over the place and hitting him in the face and i don't know the, the reset instrumental i just think is phenomenal i think it's beautiful i love the guitar riff i love i love all of it a band that that i really love um called heim who are an mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. american three-piece girl band who I just adore. They're currently on tour with Taylor Swift. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I saw them in, in London. Um, it, was, it was a couple of weeks after their album was released, so I'd like devoured it by this point because it, it really was one of my favorite albums of like a couple of years ago. Um, and they uh, poured, they had glitter on on a drum set in the same kind of way. Oh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. So as you play, um, play the drums, the glitter goes everywhere. Yeah, it's a very similar idea, just like you said. And in Blue Man Group, they do it with paint, typically. Yep. It's just, I mean, it's not unique. And, and you could say that about a lot of things that Mute Math does. Like, the things they do are not by necessity unique. I do think that Darren King, particularly, is a uniquely talented drummer. Uh, not, well, maybe not. Uh, so, perhaps not the only talented drummer in the world, which by definition makes him not unique. But he is up there in one of the most talented drummers I've ever seen or heard in my life. Um and so we come into into break the same, which is what this reset um, turns into. This instrumental reset turns into, and things just start going a little bit out of control. 
And about halfway through the song, you see Paul, the, the singer slash keyboardist, doing head handstands on the keyboard. What is happening right now? And especially when I really sit down and pay attention to this album and really, really watch it, especially, I just, maybe it's just me, but I just get this feeling like I'm there and like I'm starting to lose a little bit of control in a good way. Like you're just so into it and so excited and you just... You can't even control yourself. And that's what's happening here is he's so he's not barely even playing music. He's kind of pounding on the keyboard and flipping over it and hitting the cymbals here and there, flipping back, almost falling over. And it's just so much energy and so out of control. And it's just so cool. And then they kind of bring it down a little bit. And then in Paul kind of runs back up to the top of the stage behind everybody and they kind of bring things down and then cut a little bit later and we're kind of running out of lyrics at this point. And next thing you know, um, Darren gets up from his drum kit and starts bringing microphones over to the keyboard, which seems a little bit peculiar. But he s takes all these microphones and very audibly, without a lot of finesse, just kind of slams them onto the ground and puts them um, right near the top of this electric keyboard. This is not a keyboard that's acoustic where you're, you're picking up any, you know, the microphone is not picking up the output of the keyboard, but he puts all these mics right by the keyboard. And the next thing you know, he's now playing the keyboard almost as though it's a drum or really more, perhaps more accurately, like the edge of a drum. And he's getting this like very metallic sound out of the keyboard. And at this point, I believe... Roy has now started to mosey on over to the drum kit. The bassist has moseyed over to the drum kit so he can sit down and play drums. And so next thing you know, Darren has taken a drum. I believe it was not part of the drum kit, but it was like on the side of the drum kit. And he has now placed it on top of the keyboard so that he can play. He can stand on the keyboard and kind of kneel and play the drum that is sitting on top of the keyboard. Like, what is happening? It's totally unnecessary, and I love every second of it. I feel like that they're very much of the persuasion of getting lost in the music. Because it feels like a lot of things that were happening were, like, just happening. Yep. Uh, like, at the end, when um, he, put, he puts a, a drum into the crowd and then yep. stands on it and then, yep. then crowd surfs. Yep. Yep, that's exactly right. This is kind of just like, what am I going to do next? I know, I'll put the drum <laughs> on the crowd. Shall I stand on the drum? Sure, why, why not? not? And, and I agree with you. I totally agree with you. But I, I can't help but wonder if it was at least slightly planned, since if you caught it, there's a couple of shots from the inside of the drum. So there was clearly a camera in the drum for a reason. But I do agree with what you're saying. And it just feels like they're kind of taken away by the music. And if I'm really listening... And really just sitting there and paying attention to, the, to it and watching it, I find that I'm kind of getting caught up in the music and I just can't help myself. And you know, maybe I'm dancing around like a moron if nobody's home or Aaron isn't paying attention. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just tapping my foot with a lot of enthusiasm, but I just get caught up in it as well. And the next thing you know, after Darren is, you know, gone crowd surfing and the crowd pushes him back toward the, the stage, he now takes over from Roy, who is playing his drum kit, takes over from Roy and they don't miss a beat. Like, these guys are so talented. How did that just happen? And just, it, it's, it's one of those things where I think if you just were to jump to break the same. And just watch that. You would look at it and not really get it. And and I'm curious to hear, Mike, what you thought of it in just a second. But 
if you've put in the time to watch the whole concert and watch the ups and downs of it, it's easy for me anyway to just get caught up in it and think this is magnificent and I'm so impressed by everything I'm seeing. Did you like it or did you think it was a bit over the top? I I I liked it. I I did. It, it as I said, at points it it kind of was a a bit crazy, but I I didn't really feel too much like that in the moment. And that's fair. And and again, I think part of the problem or maybe benefit of this is that I've seen them live a handful of times. Yeah. And I've seen this happen. You know, they they don't go through the exact same motions, but I've seen them kind of dismantle half the stage, playing break the same, and. It's so exciting to watch in person. And, you know, one time when when Aaron and I saw them, it was at this small club in Richmond. And th- it was funny because they they were very late, which I find very disrespectful and frustrating. They were like an hour late. But oh. we heard, it's, it, I was not happy about that. Um, but we heard this ruckus from the back of the venue, which is where we all walked in. And we didn't know what was going on. And this venue must have held 300 people or something like that. It was not that much, maybe less. We didn't know what was going on. And we heard this ruckus out in the street. And next thing you know, all four of them are walking in, each with their own drum, walking through the crowd. I was within six inches of all of them. And then they got on stage and started playing. And so, you know, when I, when I see them dismantling the stage, I remember that. When I see them playing or hear them playing Break the Same, I think back to that same concert where a lot of these similar things happened. And it's just, it's so, it's such a visceral, rich experience to, to listen to and to, especially to watch this, that I just love every second of it. And I just think the music is so good. And so, I don't know, it's not like any of the other bands that I tend to listen to, especially these days. I tend to listen to more um, electronic or down-tempo um, artists like Zero Seven, for example, Rob Dugan, you could you could put in that camp, uh, Massive Attack. That's my usual day-to-day music and Mute Math because I just think that they're so unbelievably talented and I love the music so much. And this is going to sound so silly and ridiculous, but, but I trust you, Mike, and, and we're in a, we're in a safe place here. A lot of times when I'm listening to a, to a, any band, you know, I start to like think, you know, maybe whistle along with it or kind of tap my fingers or foot along with it. And I'll oftentimes you know, play, and I'm putting that in huge air quotes, play a different rhythm or a slightly tweaked version of the rhythm that they're playing and throw in some, inter- you know, some notes that I find interesting in the in-betweens of their notes. And I, I realized earlier today, I never do that with Mute Math because they're playing all those notes that I, that I would think to play, or it's so busy that I don't feel like I have the space to throw in, you know, my own Casey notes in the middle. That probably sounds ridiculous, but it's the best way I can think of to, to describe how unbelievably energetic and awesome I think they are. Can you play any instruments? Oh, no. The only thing I can play with any efficiency is the stereo. Okay, this is weird that the Casey notes exist. Yeah, I know. It is super weird, and I'm going to regret having said that, but yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I know what you mean, though, because there are times where I feel like I would do it this way. Right. Like, I, I do feel like that. Yeah, and I don't get that a lot from this band, which I, I like to think is a good sign. All right, let me just take our final break for this week's episode and then we'll just uh, finish up maybe some more tracks that you like, Casey. This week's episode is also brought to you by Squarespace. You can start building your own website today at squarespace.com and use the offer code INQUISITIVE at checkout to get yourself 10% off Squarespace. Build it beautiful. With Squarespace, you can build yourself a site that looks professionally designed with no coding experience required regardless of the skill level that you have. They have super intuitive and easy-to-use tools 
tools. It makes it super simple to build a website that looks and feels exactly how you want. And part of this is due to their beautiful templates. They're really clean. They look fantastic. They're professionally designed and you have the control to tweak them however you want. And they all feature responsive design. So any changes that you're going to make to your site is going to look fantastic on all platforms. Squarespace are trusted by millions of people around the world because they power all of their websites with state-of-the-art technology. They ensure security and stability at all times. And this is shown with their rock-solid hosting. Like if you get linked to by a popular website, your Squarespace site is not going to budge. It's going to be fantastic. It's going to stay up. This is all powered along with their 24-7 live support that they have with chat and email. They are there, they are ready, and they are willing to help you. Squarespace also have their commerce platform that allows you to sell physical and digital goods. They have their cover page to build great looking single page websites and so much more. You can put uh, your music on there if you're a band. You can have your portfolio on there. It's really, really cool. Just go and check it out for yourself. If you sign up for a year, you'll get a free domain name and their plans start at just $8 a month. But you can sign up for a free trial right now to give Squarespace a go. And when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure that you use the offer code Inquisitor at checkout and that free trial that I mentioned there's no credit card required to sign up so don't forget inquisitive at checkout you'll get yourself 10% off your first purchase and show your support for this show thank you so much to Squarespace for helping today Squarespace booty beautiful so Casey is there any more tracks that you wanted to mention from this album um, I do think that and we talked about this briefly earlier burden particularly the outro I think is just phenomenal um, and and I think that any time that they just allow themselves to kind of play into the song and not follow the album so closely. Um, actually, Armistice is another great example of just a killer, killer outro. Um, I, I love those moments where it's a little more, it's a little more interesting to me because it's a little bit less predictable. And I just think that's so much fun. And I don't know, I, I think those are the best moments to me. Have you ever uh, tried to play this album for for other people? Some, because it was recommended to you. Well, not this album particularly, but this artist. Right. Um, and then I then I rediscovered them and found the album. Um, I've tried a couple of times. I've tried with my parents, for example. Um, I get my love of music from both of my parents. They they always have music on in the house. It's in fact to this day I find it really kind of creepy when I'm in a quiet place. Um, when I'm at work, I typically have headphones on because I can't concentrate without some background noise. When we're at home, more often than not, I'll have some sort of ambient music on because it just creeps me out to be quiet. Well, anyways, I get that from mom and dad. And and I told them, you know, or I, I asked them to to buy this album in this concert and I asked them to watch it. And I think they got a similar impression to it than, that you did. It's good. It's clearly for very talented musicians may or may not really be their cup of tea. No, I, I would say that overall I, I did find myself really enjoying it. Um, like I'm wondering if I would enjoy the actual album version. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly worth trying. And there are a couple of songs that are on the actual album that weren't on this. And there are a couple of songs on this, like we've talked about these these old crowd favorites that weren't on the actual album. Um, so there's it's not 100% overlap. And I, I would love for you to give it a shot and uh, and tell me what you think sometime because I, I really do think it's really, really good. Are you proud of this album choice? I am. Um, I knew this question was coming and the, the frustrating thing about this question is the conclusion I kind of came to 
was I'm kind of a meat math hipster because <laughs> they're popular, but not that popular. And like I said earlier, you know, I've seen them in little teeny tiny venues not that long ago, and I've seen them in fairly big venues not that long ago. And so in some ways, I feel like I'm that person that's trying to tell everyone about that band that nobody knows about. Um, and that's not doing a, a, doing them just, you know, I'm not being just to them, but in some ways I'm kind of a meat math hipster because I feel like I've enjoyed their music for a long time, you know, not as long as, as everyone, but especially the last five or so years, I would say they've probably been my favorite band for a while now. And I just, as with anything that you're really into and, and you really geek out over, you just want everyone else to enjoy it with you. And so I'm proud of this choice because I think it's something that a lot of people would enjoy if they gave it a chance and not a lot of people have maybe even heard of, let alone given, given a chance. 